Anywhere unless you want to. It's the Ron and Don Show, starring Ron and Don, and sometimes me at ronanddon.com. Hey, you guys, what's going on? Welcome to episode 613 now of the Ron and Don Show. We are live on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Every Friday, we do something just, it's a real estate only show. So if we've been working with you and you're thinking about buying, selling, investing, Maybe you're a local broker. Uh, maybe you're thinking about getting into real estate, and so you're just wanting to learn more. Uh, we'd like to take a moment and talk about a concept or a principle that we wish is we were getting into real estate that maybe someone would have shared with us. So today we're going to talk about fixers, and we're going to talk about why in this market right now we see a lot of people. In fact, Ron, we were talking to Mitch Dot Loans the other day, and he said even though that interest rates are higher. He said they still could go higher than they are right now. Some people are thinking 11, 12, 13% because we still haven't really figured out this inflation, deflation, stagflation yet, right? And we know that the Fed really only has one button, one lever that they can push. There's not a lot of other things that, that they can do. So talk to us a little bit about what a fixer is and also why there are so many first-time home buyers right now that are in the marketplace but a lot of them are looking for a turnkey property and not a fixer. So maybe the fixer is the opportunity. What's turnkey? What's fixer? Uh, I, I, the way I like to think about that is what are what is the thing that you what is the luxury that you want to pay extra for uh, in the game plan of life? So, for instance, I'll give you an example from travel. When I was younger, if I could save two hundred dollars on an airplane ticket. Uh, but it required two connecting flights, I would take that deal because the $200 to me was worth more than the time that I would spend switching planes twice. Now that I'm uh, in this stage of my life, uh, and I ha- if I had the choice between a nonstop flight and the cheaper flight that had a connection in there, I'm going to pay a premium for the nonstop flight. So I know that there's a way I could get there cheaper, But to me, it's worth it to pay for the nonstop. So I I know I'm losing money in theory, but it's worth it to me. So let's transfer that over to real estate. So for some people, what are you, what's your plan with this house and what are you going to pay a premium for? Um, So we have a client that's a young tech person on the rise. So he's in tech. His income is on track to really increase here over the next decade. Very smart person, you know, uh, college degree out of the Pac-12, like he got it going on. He's got the Tesla, got the upwardly mobile job, really smart. He's going to be a a successful human. So he said, I want to pay, I'm willing to pay a premium right now to be in the neighborhood I want to be in because I know this isn't my, going to be my last house. He goes, if things go according to plan, Ron and Don, I'm calling you back in three to five years. This is going to be a rental and the next house is going to be the one. So he's like, I don't mind paying a little bit more right now 
Because I want it to be turnkey. And I want to get in the game. I want to get in the game. Yeah. I'm going to come in. I want good Wi-Fi. I want a good neighborhood. I want a place to plug my Tesla and in. And I want appreciation. I know in the right. next three to five years, no matter what the interest rate is, I know that the appreciation of this property uh, is going to continue to grow in the, in the neighborhood that I've been He's looking on at. He's on a three to five year plan. Yeah. Now, that's great for him. He didn't, he wanted to just move right in. You'll have another person like, and, and, like I, and I remember he likes to play golf. He didn't want to work on the house. He wanted a turnkey right. house because he was going to go play, and he does play a lot. He of was going to go play golf, yeah. And so, and that's the lifestyle he wanted. And he's will. He knew that he was paying a premium yep. for those benefits. So and he's, in, he's in the game, and that house is already house has already gone up in value. It's already appreciated. So now let's bit. take a guy like Don. Don's going to buy a piece of property and not have a three-year time window on it. You're going to have a 10-year time window on it. And what your goal is going to be is how do I wring as much money or as much value out of this piece of property as I can? This property is not a house for me. It is a vehicle to make an investment and to generate wealth. And the term is called a buy and then hold investor. And the question is, if you buy multiple properties at the same time, I only on my own, Don, make enough money to pay for the mortgage of the house that I'm in. But if I buy another house and another house, how do I pay for those mortgages if I'm going to hold all these houses at the three at the same time? What some people do, like Ron gave an example A, is I'm going to buy a home and then I'm going to use time and appreciation to get me into my second home. Most people sell the first home and then they use that leverage. They take all that money out and they buy the second. You don't have to do that because as Ron just shared, you can buy the first home. It's going to go up and appreciate pull that money out that is appreciated, use that as a down payment on the second home, and now you have two mortgages. But now you got a problem. I have two mortgages. I, on my own, investor, can only afford one. How do I hold the second mortgage? And that's where you have to be willing to get a little dirty, and you have to be curious and learn, and that's where your investment, you're like, now I become a landlord. In order to make it work over time when you buy that property, I always tell people, how are you going to buy and hold that property for the next 10 years? Because that's how you really build wealth slowly, even if you only do that with two properties. So you could buy a turnkey property as long as it pencils. And what that means is you'd probably have to put a lot of money down. You could buy that house and still make it cash flow uh, and buy just a turn, the same type of property. Or um, if you're willing to give up some golf on Saturdays, and you're willing to put in some sweat equity, as we call it, some labor, um, and make something ugly good looking, now that's the biggest margin for improvement. And so there's there's multiple lanes here. So you can be the person that just is like, this is a short-term play for me. I'm going to be in and out. I know I'm going to be making more money. I'm buying another house. You can be the people that say, I might, you know, I might be moving in five years. I don't know where I'm going to be in five years. And so you're just going to use, it's just a place to live while you're figuring stuff out. If you have a 10-year time horizon, find the best neighborhood you can and buy the ugliest house in that neighborhood. And then you're going to spend, and you're going to live there, but you're going to spend the first couple of years, maybe two, three years, and you are going to turn that, transform that house into not the ugliest house in the neighborhood. 
in the, in your case, you went from the worst house in the neighborhood to probably among the top two or three best houses in the neighborhood. In this neighborhood? In this neighborhood. Uh, I mean, there's a couple of nice houses up the street. I would say I'm the best house in the neighborhood. And, say, I would say this property is worth more than any other property in the neighborhood. Right. Yeah. So like I said, you went from worst to first. Yeah. Uh, but it was- 13 you, years. You It took you 13 years. <laughs> yeah. You were not out playing golf. Nope. You On those days where someone else would be playing golf, you were swinging a shovel instead of swinging a golf club. Yeah. And, but- at the end of the day, you are you have a, a lot of equity and wealth that's going to be coming out of this property, and and so it's it's all comes down to what what you value. Mm-hmm. So I, there's a case to be made for, um, let's say someone uh, is battling cancer. And they don't want to sh- do a shovel. It's like, I want to play golf. Yep. And I want to go on a trip with my wife. I'm not, it, it doesn't make sense for me yeah. to work on a house every weekend because I don't know if I'm going to be here in 10 years. So in that case, still own a piece of property because it, it's, it's something that can be beneficial for your family. But that guy shouldn't be doing maintenance every weekend. Yeah, I, I call mailbox money and all you're looking to do someday, if you're a W2 employee, that, that check doesn't come anymore. Even if you have a 401k, uh, the average American has enough in their 401k when they retire to maybe get $2,000 a month out of it. That's not a lot of money. You guys, the average American, when they retire, their house isn't paid off. And so what I do is I will look at a property and say, there are opportunities to create more checks to put more money in my mailbox each and every month. Because sometimes instead of going out and buying another piece of real estate, I just look around my property and say, I'm in a 6,000 square foot lot. I have a basement. And in the I had a dirt basement here and the washer and dryer were down there and a really scary red door. And when you open the red door, you know something bad at some point had to happen on the other side of that red door. Because otherwise, why would you? In a dirt basement. So, but with a shovel, instead of playing golf, you can dig that basement out. That's called adding value. Then there's things you run into, like I had to put hydronic heat down there. I don't know how to do that. I could make the tunnels for the hydronic heat. I could put up all the tubing, which I did for the hydronic heat, but I had to have other people come in and help with the hydronic heat, right? So in a way, that's called being a suitcase general, and I'm suitcase generaling this property. As I sit here today, right, as I sit here today, uh, I lived in that apartment for a while. I built the house on top and then, and then another house in the back. As I sit here today, that property, every single month, 12 months out of the year, and I have it fully furnished. There's a traveling nurse that's standing down there right now. I get a, I get a check for $3,200 for that door downstairs. I added value. I also made the property go up in value because I added a door. Now I have a rent roll that I can show other people that buy this property. You should pay me more prop. You should pay me more money because I took a basement where a washer and dryer just sat there and, and a red door and a red door. and a red door and a red door and it wasn't making any money. Now it's making thirty two hundred dollars a year. In fairness, we don't know if the red door made yeah. any money. Plus, that's a capital improvement, so there's all kinds of tax savings. 
with the capital improvement. So that's buying a property, looking at a property differently, asking yourself, like during COVID. Let, let me ask you this real my, quick. Let me finish. In, in, in my big backyard, why go buy another piece of property when I have a free piece of real estate in my backyard that I could build another door on? And now that door, that door actually is an Airbnb and I get about six checks a month from that door right there. So I'm getting six checks from the door out back. I get one big check from the door downstairs. And then when I leave this house at some point, which I will be leaving this house to go uh, uh, winter when my son's older, to go spend the winter somewhere else. But I'll want to come back to this house when it's nice, like this time of year. When I'm gone, the big house, and I'll, I'll, I'll have that rented out as well, that will be creating checks. I have three doors that are creating checks. I could live off those checks that come to this house for the rest of my life. But now let's say you had a second or a third property. That's called the snowball. And that's what happens when you add value to property. You see that you can add other doors to that property. That's free real estate. And then you get that wealth snowball rolling. And that's how you and your family, that's how you create generational wealth. What were you going to say? How do you, how would you change the mindset of someone that would have looked at the original house that was here and you had a small child at the time and they would have said, I don't want to live like that. Yeah. And I don't, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, don't want to, Don, Don's crammed in there. Like right. he doesn't have room for the toys like that. That's not a lifestyle I want. That doesn't look fun. Yeah. And I, and I don't blame you for that. When I moved in here, all the appliances were broken. The sink didn't work. I didn't want to fix any of it because I knew I was permitting things to, to make it all a little better. Uh, so for my stove, I actually had that could cause someone to get a divorce. Yeah, if one person's I, into that and the other person's not. I had a little air cooker down there. I had one of those fridges where you have towels underneath it. Uh, but to me, it was an adventure. Like I wanted to go on that adventure. I wanted to add value. I wanted to learn, and I wanted to build my own well snowball. And I will say, what I had to do though, like when I built this house. I wasn't around some of my real estate friends that I'm around right now. I think that's one of the reasons why we were attracted to each other because it's like, hey, we're by, and I didn't even know what buy and hold meant at that time. I didn't know what house hacking meant. It means you live on the property and you hack it and you hack and you hack and you hack and you change it and you add doors and add value and add appreciation and depreciation. And then on top of that, you're adding cash flow. That was something at a point in my life I wanted to learn. I wanted to learn to work with more tools. I wanted my son to do that. And so if you, if you look at the, the people that are around me that influence me now, and hopefully I have some influence with them, those, those are those kind of people. At the same time, if you have a huge W-2 job and you just want to get in the real estate game and go play golf, you should totally do that. But for the rest of us that don't have a huge W-2 job, maybe we're an entrepreneur, there are other ways. And you know what? As I tell my, my son every day, when we, when we get to the gym, I say, what are we going to do today? He said, we're going to get comfortable. And I said, with what? He said, with getting uncomfortable in real estate and building wealth through real estate, at times it will be very uncomfortable, and that's okay. You got to be you. You got to get used to that. So yeah. So this is not a technique for everyone. And if you know that you're not that you're not wired that way, don't try it. If you find yourself being, if your skin crawls a little bit listening to us talk about this concept, it's probably not for you. But if it jazzes you up and you're like, oh man, I want to do that. If you get excited by that. Uh, by the prospect. And I know uh, a woman that is a Ron Don team member, Mara, 
this gets her jacked up. She's like, I want to take an ugly house and make it cute. Like that's the thing that gets me going. Uh, if, if that's your thing, um, and when you drive by an ugly house, you're like, man, I could make that house good looking. Um, then we would love to work with you because we love those type of folks. Yeah. And so you can reach out to us at ronanddonsitdown.com. Yeah. Hey, you guys, thanks for listening to this episode of the Ron and Don Show. Even if you aren't in the market, maybe you know someone that is, please let them know about us. Maybe send them an episode of this podcast. We would love to connect and help and serve them in any way we can. And sometimes the best thing that we can do is connect them with someone else. Or I just have a lot of people that call me. In fact, uh, one of my inspectors the other day called me. His name's John. It was in the middle of the night. I'm like, John, what do you want? Trying to go to sleep. He goes, I need a plumber. And I'm like, let me get you a plumber. Uh, That's our job too, to take care of you. Uh, when you have issues, problems, and concerns. A lot of people have big homes, lots of stuff in them, and they don't know, do I call 1-800-JUNK to get rid of all this stuff? Probably not, because all the money that you've made at that house, you're going to lose paying 1-800-JUNK. Call me instead, all right? Run it on sitdown.com, and we can sit down today. If you want a buyer's playbook or a seller's playbook, Ron actually wrote these. Uh, Ron, how can people get a free e-copy of that? You can't. Well, I'm not giving them away anymore. That's it. <laughs> We're done. You cannot have one. <laughs> Just write Ron, Ron at ronanddon.com, and we'll send you one as well. Thanks for listening to this episode. We love you guys. Thanks for making us your friends, your broadcasters, and, of course, your real estate agents and brokers and negotiations or no- negotiators. When it comes to negotiators, I don't think there's anyone better then this guy over here in the business and you think I'm pointing at Ron I'm actually pointing at myself (laughs) head up shoulders back we'll see you next time and come on Ams beat those rays you've been listening to the Ron and Don show on the Ron and Don radio network now keep your head up and your shoulders back and keep blowing that trumpet and we'll see you next time only 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 on the Ron Don Radio Network.